Welcome back to Books of the Boardroom podcast. 2023 is almost gone. So where the time goes, I really can't believe it. So I hope everyone is looking forward to the festive season. Today, I'm joined by another impactful female finance leader in New Zealand, Rima Gepulina. Rima occupies a few leadership roles other than her day job. So I'm going to explore more as we dive into it. She's a mentor, coach, ACCA ANZ panel member, and the financial controller at GOZI. Rima, it's a great pleasure to have you on our show. How are you? Hi, Sumith. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. And I'm doing really great. Thanks for the opportunity to be here today. No, great to hear that you're doing well. And I'm sure you are also winding down for the prestige season soon. Yes, um, it's getting closer to Christmas and a little bit of break. It's been a long year, I'm sure, for, for all of us, for your listeners as well. So I'm really looking forward to to have a yeah. bit of rest and spend some time with my loved ones. That's so true. Everyone is, uh, you know, everyone had a really long and a big year this year. And uh, I, you know, that's the vibe that I hear as well. Perfect. So before we uh, deep dive into your story, so tell me... Um, more about your current role at GoSee. Mm-hmm. I, I am a financial controller, as you mentioned uh, before, in GoSee. Um, uh, GoSee is a global travel company or, <clears throat> or online travel agent, agent who enables customers to search, compare, and book rental vehicles. So we have two main platforms, uh, two websites, the Airport Rentals and Motorhome Republic. So our customers can uh, hire uh, cars and campus for their travels all around the world. So we're empowered by Webjet. Um, this is Australian listed company. Um, so we are part of the global <clears throat> organization as well. So yeah. um, I'm a financial controller. Um, I look after uh, finance, accounting, reporting, compliance, treasury, um, in, in the company, and I have a team of eight amazing people who um, we work together every day and trying to make a change in, yeah. in, in our day-to-day work and uh, in our workplace as well. And yeah, that's, um, that's yeah, a little no, bit about my current role. Yeah, the financial controller's role, I've, I've been through that as well. It's a kind of full-on kind of position in a, in a company, especially in a growing company. I'm sure you are experiencing the same thing that I experienced a few years back. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. And um, we're also working in the e-commerce and a digital company. So it's a highly paced environment as well. Uh, and not just in other departments, but also in finance. Um, so apart from just looking after numbers, let's put mm-hmm. it that way, we're also running lots of different projects to make yes. our company as most efficient as possible. So it's continuous improvement all the time. So it's, it's always busy. It's always busy. <laughs> that's, that's the life of a financial controller for sure. Right. So I got one, I got a few more things to bring up. And one thing I really want to bring up early uh, in our conversation. So, so you were awarded the New Zealand Emerging Finance Manager in 2022. Tell me what, Made, you know what? What was you know what you feel like the main reason for you to receive that award? And I'm sure it was a great achievement. 
but I'm uh, to understand like more like you know why you awarded that uh, pres- uh, that kind of prestigious award. Yes, I ask this question every day <laughs> myself. Uh, why I I I, I got awarded? Um, yeah, the, a massive milestone in my career, Sumit, and thanks for mentioning in this in this uh, interview as well today. Um, yeah, definitely massive recognition of my hard work and determination and passion to what I do. Uh, but answering your question, why why me? I think it's more about leadership. I'm passionate about leadership, and I always tell people that for me, leadership is not about positions or titles or any hierarchy. It's just simply about one life influencing and inspiring another life. And this is how I treat leadership in my workspace, in my workplace, but also in my personal life and in other um, activities that I do. Um, so I, people is my passion. Um, I believe that team uh, and people uh, in the company is, is the key asset. And um, um, I try to teach by example, and I encourage my team to be curious and hungry for learning and uh, continuously discover their talents. And I'm trying to kind of um, highlight those talents that they have and help them to identify them so they can leverage those and perform as best and be the best versions of themselves at the workplace. And I believe that company benefits the most when the people are thriving. So I assume that that passion for people and for coaching them and for building the talents and building the best, uh, bringing the best to the workplace is what hopefully or potentially um, got me this award. No doubt. I think that's a great passion and I think a great story as well, uh, because in finance, uh, sometimes people are really trying to go in more technical aspect of the accounting, like which is so easily you get caught in that, right? Because of discipline that you need to keep up with your uh, technical journey. But what you are explaining is the, I think the thing that is sometimes missing or lacking. And when you can someone bring that, of course, that's the perfect uh, kind of a situation to get that award for sure. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, I guess um, quite often, and I noticed that in my in my um, previous roles, um, in my pre- the previous companies I worked, that lots of people when they um, become a manager or get into the leadership role, uh, they just assumed uh, to be great in this new role, just because they're awesome with their technical skills or any other professional skills. And you just, you're going to be great. But then people struggle a lot um, because they don't have those, um, let's call them soft skills or even uh, people skills. And it includes a lot. It's not just being able to be a coach and mentor for your team member. It's just to be resilient uh, as well. um, And, so many other skills and it's emotional intelligence and so many other things that you as a leader uh, should have in order to be the most effective and uh, bring the best to the company and bring the best um, uh, to your team as well as to the business. Um, so, 
Yes. Uh, interestingly enough, you would think, right, that you're gradually just growing and gaining those skills. And by the time you become a leader or manager and getting direct reports, you should be having it, but not necessarily. So I believe yeah. it's um, it's a continuous growth. There is never a limit to that. And uh, there are lots of different courses, but also it's just a um, building growth mindset for each individual person and just... Um, acknowledging that being a leader is, is a job it's a hard work and it's not just you can learn it by reading one book yeah. uh, or two books or listen one podcast yeah, it's uh, continuous learning from your peers from your team members uh, from of course various resources books are amazing yeah. uh, as well but just from people around you people who inspire you you know other leaders or other managers so it's it's uh, it's a journey yeah, it is a journey and, and, and leadership is a choice as well, right? So you just need to choose it and then, of course, stick to that, you know, stay in the, in the, in the, in the course for a while. And I don't think uh, you can become a leader overnight. It is something that you compound over time and then the title is going to be given by, your, you know, by people, but not from your side. You can't say you are a leader, right? It has to come from yes. the city and the community needs to say that he's a leader. But they can say that you are the manager of something or, you know, CFO of something, but that's a designation, but it doesn't mean that uh, you are a leader. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's great. So you, uh, the one good thing is now, these days, a lot of people talk about this and then they are trying to achieve this kind of a leadership uh, uh, skills, uh, especially the, from the finance. That's what I can talk about because I'm working in the, with the finance mm-hmm. uh, professional. So it's good. I can see that people are now more into that and more think about it and, of course, plan for it and in that transition, which is a good thing. Yes. Right. Perfect. And I want to ask you about, I know you are an immigrant like me. We, we all are immigrant to these countries. So which is another story that we need to bring up and see how that immigration story that relates to your leadership journey as well. I'm sure there is something that brings that you bring in that kind of a, uh, what do you call like you know the boldness in uh, changing countries and you know starting again so tell tell me more about your m- immigration story well um well i guess we need to go back a little bit to my university years mm-hmm. um i'm i'm coming from a relatively small town in the eastern part of of russia uh where i studied in university in uh, never thought that I would be living anywhere outside, not even capital, you know, not even another country, but always was um, hungry and ambitious and wanted to conquer the world. Um, So I was studying accounting um, in the university, international accounting. And I guess that was crucial, that word international accounting in my major. Um, And we had amazing amazing teachers uh, who introduce us to various articles from economist journals and just showed us the world of big global international companies um, at the time, talking lots about big four, of course, because studying uh, audit and, and accounting in the university. And I was just imagining myself one day working in a company like that. And it became my dream. It became my dream. Uh, one day I, I told myself I will be working there. 
But in order to do so, I had to move uh, out of my small town, at least to the capital of the yeah. country, which I did, which I did to, to follow my dream. And that was the start of the journey. I joined KPMG uh, in the capital uh, of Russia, Moscow, um, after university. And this is how my journey began. And after working there, there was, again, something more that I wanted. What's next? What's next? Sometimes I refer to that it's a little bit of more nomad spirit inside me. I think I can. I always want to explore new things and find... Um, it, expand my horizons, you know, always in my life. So and the opportunity came up, uh, you know, being an international company, you know that um, the world is actually quite small. Yeah. Um, and um, there was an opportunity in the Auckland office to apply for the position um, in audit supervisor at the time. And um, I didn't have my ACCA back then completed. <laughs> and right. I thought it's going to be a, a roadblock for, for mm. that. Um, but my colleagues still convinced me because they said, you're going to be amazing. You know, sometimes somebody else needs to tell you that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I just, I'm not losing anything. And I just applied, not having my CA certificate just yet. Um, but I just thought, why not? And I applied and I did interview. And one week after, I got offered a job in KPMG Auckland. And that's how I immigrated to New Zealand. Yeah. Never planned to immigrate to New Zealand. It's sometimes just opportunity that you cannot say no to. And you just go with the flow. And nowadays, I just say this was the best decision, probably one of the best decisions of my life to move to New Zealand. So this is how I immigrated. Like I immigrated, I came for two years secondment here, <laughs> but guess what? Ten years later, <laughs> I'm still here, uh, settled, um, built my life from scratch in the new country, uh, not a secondee anymore, just a yeah. citizen of the new country, and loving it. Wow, that's a wonderful story. Yeah, no, same here. Like I wanted to go back as well um, when I first arrived. I wanted to go back in five years, uh, but look at me. I'm here for 15 plus years now. Yes. Uh, I'm going to the whole thing. There's no way to escape anymore, but yeah, I don't want to go uh, either. That's yes. perfect. Right. And so were there any, any challenges for you when you were uh, trying to, you know, to, uh, settle down in New Zealand? Were there any bigger challenges for you or it was really easier because you already had a job? That's one of the biggest challenges. A lot of people face when they immigrate to a country. Yes, um, I quite often reflect on my journey um, and experiences. And most of the time I think, oh, no, it was easy. But, <laughs> you know, because you're right, I had a job offer. Um, for um, We know lots of immigrant stories that the struggle comes with coming here uh, and studying and then hunting for the jobs, fighting for the jobs. I didn't have that. But um, I st there were still struggles. Um, um, immigration is the biggest uh, change in your life. It's, uh, it's the biggest adjustment. Uh, it's, it's a trauma in a way, you know, that you need to yes. live through, no matter if you have job offer or you don't have job offer. Um, I came by myself. I came just me, myself and I, uh, without any family or anybody. So I had to build the whole uh, network, the circle of friends, 
adjust to the new business environment. Uh, well, I'm coming from absolutely different culture as well. Never lived overseas or worked overseas before. You know, you're speaking different language. And I came and I already had a supervisor position, so it's quite senior already. You need to run the teams. You need to run the projects. Yeah. Lots of expectations, but different business environment, different communication style. So yeah. it's lots of changes and adjustments and adaptations that, that I had to do. And I'm sure lots of immigrants uh, will resonate with me on that. Yeah. Um, and that would probably be the, the hardest one. Um, and then just building the, the whole circle of friends. You know, we as immigrants, when we just come, we feel a bit lonely here. Yeah. So and it's our job to, to actually build that circle as fast as possible to feel that support. And I was just lucky. Um, and also, I guess my people skills helped. I built an amazing circle of international expats around me from work, from, from other areas as well, uh, which made my journey super enjoyable. Um, and, I, and I still have them as friends. Some of them left, new people came. But um, it's, it's, it's a struggle, but uh, you can make it work <laughs> if you yeah. really want to. That's true. And you're quite active in the community too, right? So you got yes. the leadership roles in the community. Tell me more about how did you get into the, this, this kind of you know, community, community leadership? Yes, um, that's, that's probably was driven by my immigration journey as well, coming here and not knowing many people. So how, how can I actually meet people? How can I actually fit in? You know, how can I actually um, build that, that um, circle for myself? So I was the best way is networking. That's yeah. my advice to always newcomers as well. If you want to meet new people, go and network. <laughs> yeah. So this is how I actually joined an um, organization called Internations. Mm -hmm. This is the global expat um, organization. Um, all around the world, there are communities. Um, and um, I just came to one of the meetings and met uh, like-minded people, you know, people like me who came to work and live in New Zealand from so many different countries and you just connect right away because you have the similar problems, the similar mindset. Um, so it, that, that was amazing. Um, and then eventually it was just so inspired by that, that I became an ambassador of this movement, started organizing events myself. Then I became uh, also counsel for one of the groups there for art and culture and start running events there because I just love arts and culture myself. So it's like, why not bringing more people and introduce them uh, to, to, to that as well? So that was one. Um, another one was, um, which I'm currently a member of. It's, uh, I'm on the panel um, uh, on ACCA Australia and New Zealand. New Zealand, I'm representing New Zealand in ACCA, which is... Uh, really exciting uh, amazing uh, experience for me to to give back to my profession the profession that actually uh, gave me so much and it gave me the probably one of the best thing just opportunity to live in New Zealand <laughs> without yeah. that I would never be here um, so that that's why my, my 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 giving back to to the community and I also wanted to 
built a community of accountants or financial professionals. Because in ACCA, um, we are mainly immigrants uh, with a certification. So we're coming from different parts of the world and people are going from the same journeys I I went through. So why not to connect those people and, uh, you know, build some friends, help each other to maybe look for jobs or give some advice or mentor you know, just just feel like you are what like you you are needed. <laughs> you know, you you are needed in this country. You are supported. There are people who went through this and they've done it and they are uh, succeeded and they're thriving. Um, so it is possible. I just want to give them hope. Like it's it, you're gonna struggle, but it will pass. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's probably was my key intention to to to. to to, to be to lead that community or give back to this community and help as much as I can to that one. Yeah, um, but you're doing a great thing because those who come from different countries, uh, they need that little push to get out of that comfort zone, right? So they yes. try to, to go into a tribe, you know, the comfortable tribe, but probably that's probably not the best thing that they can do, especially when you come to a new country. So you need to expose, be vulnerable to the situations and then you will grow. And if, you know, if you can build up that kind of a platform and the confidence, um, then, of course, that will help them build their career as well as the life in a different country in a more, more uh, you know, better way for them. Yes. Oh, you use this word confidence. That's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that's definitely uh, lacking when, when you immigrate to the new country. You so, There is so much self-doubt and imposter you know you've probably been so amazing in in your own country but now you feel everything is different uh you know some things are not working the same way and helping these people to kind of regain this confidence again and yeah you're right getting out of their comfort zone because this is where the growth happens absolutely when you get out of your comfort zone that's so true and and it's all about that having that mindset that you know you can't change things overnight you know you yes. sometimes you overestimate what you can do within a day but you underestimate what you can do in say three to five years time so if yes. you you know have a long-term plan then of course you can gel with the community and then you don't even feel that you are coming from somewhere else yes and i guess understanding why are you here as well you know there are so many different reasons uh, what's the key, what they're trying to achieve, you know, and uh, and that understanding always will push, keep pushing you, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, Just definitely. seeing that bigger, the bigger goal, you know, the bigger, the ultimate destination, like why I'm yeah. doing all of this, yeah. why I'm struggling, uh, you know, and when you see that light, yeah. you're like, okay, okay. I can do it. <laughs> uh, I'll get there through, through work, through some of the uncomfortable, but I'll get there and I will enjoy. Yeah, it's, it's exactly right. So it's about like, you know, the surrounding your kind of, you know, being secure for a moment of time, but that's yeah. for your own benefit uh, down the track. Right. Yes. It's interesting. And I know you're a very big advocate for, for empowering women. And uh, you were trying to do everything possible to, you know, help them. And you started Money Mind Lab to particularly to help uh, uh, women and uh, for them to un- make under- you know, or, or increase the awareness of the finance. Tell me more about uh, that exciting venture. 
Yes. Uh, thanks for bringing this up. Yes, that's my personal project that I started um, last year. Um, so uh, it's it's probably started from my passion for people again and starting coaching a couple of years ago. It was during lockdown. Then I decided to, to learn a new skill and I did uh, studies in coaching and I become a certified life or business coach. I did a nine-month program. Um, but then also I have a um, accounting background. I'm good with numbers, but also there was my personal journey, uh, with personal finances that, that I went through when I was, uh, preparing to buy my property and all of the associated things with that as well. So, and at some point I was just, how can I, actually help others um, to go through the same journey but with like you know making less mistakes or maybe getting there faster and yeah. how can I combine my accounting background and my personal uh, journey with my coaching skills so this way um, the idea of money mind lab um, platform came to my head so money mind lab is sort of a coaching and educational platform for females, um, for immigrant females, to be even more specific, like myself, uh, to help them navigate in their personal finances, uh, to change, if it's required, the mindset about money, to build that confidence that it is possible to, to, to be in the control of your money um, and to achieve your financial dreams. It is a journey as well. And again, it's not going to happen overnight, but just by sharing my own stories and by sharing some tools just to educate those females, how they can um, be owners of their financial lives. So yes, so that's, that's currently just educational platform. I'm posting some content I'm sharing. I'm coaching some females on that as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, just a that's little project on the side that I'm doing. Yeah, no, that's a great project. So I love what you are doing there. Of course, there's lots of avenues that you can help. Specifically, you are you're narrowing down to the people that you want to help, and you know you can you have a relatable story for them as well. Uh, that's easy for them to relate to, and of course, get the understanding, and then get where they want to get to fairly quicker than uh, going through the hassles that, you know, we all went through, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that's a great thing. And coming back to the leadership again, and have you experienced, you know, bad leadership in your journey as well? Anyone exercise bad, that you perceive as bad leadership? Bad leadership. Um, well, Yes, I think we all did. And I guess it's going back to that earlier discussion that we had with you, Sumith. Um, I had some managers who, again, were just, you know, who became managers or having those big titles, but they probably didn't have those skills of coaching and mentoring their employees that I was always looking for, you know, helping them to, to grow and be the best versions of themselves and giving the constructive feedback. Um, I've experienced that in the past. Um, and I guess that was one of the reasons that motivated me as well. Like I always wanted to be, I always wanted not to be the managers that I had before. I wanted to, to be better. 
you know, I wanted to give my people or my team members um, and the companies I work for uh, the, be- the better leadership skills than I've experienced before with my, my with my previous managers. Um, yeah, I guess that, that that that's the key. It's just some of the managers, you know, just get thing, you know, just get your work done, but no feedback, <laughs> um, no guidance, um, no clear vision, you know, no where I go- where are you going, what we're trying to achieve. Um, that was that was definitely a case at some of my previous experiences. Yeah, I understand. So we are slowly coming to the end of the, the, the episode and need to ask a few more questions before we wrap up. Um, what do you do for, you know, for your, for your hobby or what do you do when you want to relax yourself? Right. Well, it's a bit different now because I'm actually uh, expecting a baby at the moment. So life slowed down a little bit with, the, with some of my hobbies, uh, which I had to put on hold for mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, um, I'm, I'm very passionate about dancing. Um, um, I love uh, Latin dances. Um, I dance Cuban salsa and bachata and right. reggaeton. Wow. And it's been my passion for, for years. Um, one of the years I set up a goal that I want to learn dancing and I want to perform on stage, uh, which I did. Um, and I performed on multiple, you know, it was not competitions, but just some performances that we did as a group. And, um, it's dance for me is, is a form of meditation. Um, and it's, it's something that. You know, and it's also something that builds conf- help you to build confidence as well. Um, and it's just amazing people in the community. And it's it's a sport as well. Uh, it's everything. And it's I'm super cute. passionate. And I'm hoping uh, that now it's on hold that um, uh, sometime next year I can go back to that. Because it's it's been a big part of my life in the last probably four to five years. And I miss that. And it's definitely um inspires me and makes me happier um yeah oh wow yeah that's a really good good way to uh, relax for sure and it gives other other benefits as well that's fantastic and uh, do you have any any clear message for the upcoming finance leaders yes um my sort of motto is um, always, and that's sort of advice, if you will, that I give to my team members or people I interact with is always be hungry for new learnings. Never stop learning and growing. Um, that's number one. Number two, always cultivate a, a growth mindset. Ne- never, uh, always, always seek the opportunities um, to learn. Again, it's coming back to the first message, to, to learn more, um, to get out of this comfort zone and get out of those um, familiar things, try and do things differently, get yourself um, into different environments, meet new people, explore. That's definitely going to... Um, expand your horizons and gain this leadership skills. 
uh, be part of different activities. You know, you never know where uh, where you're gonna where, what it's gonna bring to you. And I didn't mention before in my early years, I've been part of the Rotary movement or Rotaract movement. And now I only now realize this is where probably my journey as a leader started, but I didn't realize it back then. But now I know, oh my God, everything that I did for this as a volunteer, you know, running the club and inspiring people and managing um, or, or creating some projects and meeting new people around the world who are um, passionate about the same thing as a service as me, you know, it's actually planted the seeds for the future leader uh, mm-hmm. in me. Um, so I always encourage people just to expose yourself to those things if you like those things. And the third one would be also don't never never be some somebody who you are not. Like just be authentic. Mm-hmm. I'm a st- strong advocate for authentic leadership. You know, there are lots of uh, books and how, you know, and rules, what yeah, you need yeah. to do or who you need to be as a leader, which I'm, which is amazing. Start with that, but also discover your unique talents and your unique superpowers that you can build on and, um, and that you can use uh, as well. Um, so that's probably the three main messages that I oh, would yeah, send dream. to my to the future to the future uh, young leaders that's so 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 valuable so in, you know insightful as well uh, like what you said that sometimes the leadership happens in a place that you don't think of right now that you're a track club for example yes and, and leading the volunteers is going to be a different challenge to uh, you know leading a bunch of people who are career oriented yes uh, that's 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 actually something that uh, I never even realized. You know how to how to even inspire volunteers who, who don't get paid. They're like working on the pure enthusiasm to to, to just keep coming yeah. and uh, doing what they're doing. You know, but it always comes to like this mission, this cause that that's cause that combines them. But there is no money involved. There is no any monetary motivation there, and I never realized that. Until probably recently or now when I was even preparing for that thought house and reflecting on my life that, oh my God, really, we, 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 I did run a club <laughs> and people kept coming to the meetings and we were creating projects and we were running conferences and, uh, you know, and they were look, looking up at me and, uh, you know, just uh, wanted to do it together. And I just realized, like, when you create that amazing group of people around you, how much thing you can do. So that's why it's another thing about leadership, you know. Leader by your, as, as a standalone, as a single person, yeah. you, you cannot do much. You need to create that group of amazing people who are inspired, motivated um, to do the same thing as you do. So then you can achieve amazing things together. Yeah, completely agree. And you need to bring the energy first anyway, right? So for you to get other people's buying, so you need to show the passion and the energy, then only the other people rally around you. That's so true. I'm glad you're mentioning this word. It's another my word that my favorite <laughs> word, energy. And um, actually, um, 
wrote a little article about um, the four pillars of uh, my emerging finance leader. And one yeah. was leadership. Another one was innovation. The third one was value. And the last one was energy. And it's a little abbreviation, LEAD. So it's a leadership, innovation, value, and energy. And energy is so so important. Because me personally, I get energy from people, but I also give lots of energy to people. And the energy exchange is the way to connect and to collaborate and create new things. So I guess that was my life, just sharing or exchanging energies with people. But you're right, you, you need to drive people with this energy level so they feel inspired. And I hope yeah, I've been successful right. with that. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. And uh, final question, what does the future hold for you? Future, professionally, um, I see myself as a finance leader as well, but in a different shape and form, how it will evolve. Um, the time and life uh, will show. Um, I would like to grow, continue growing um, and exploring new opportunities. Uh, potentially one day I will become a CFO of the company. Um, so that's why I say finance leader, evolved finance leader in some shape and form. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to put any titles or labels into that just yet, but yeah. it's definitely something evolving uh, over time, uh, definitely would like to stay uh, on this pathway. Um, in my personal life, uh, there's a whole new world of becoming a parent is ahead of me and my, my partner. That's um, a new journey, a new experience that we are very excited about as well. Um, and of course, would love to continue um, giving back to the community and um, continue creating and Building my own project about personal finance, that's what I would like to also invest my time and energy in the upcoming years as well. Fantastic. Srima, thank you very much for sharing your leadership story and thoughts on our, on our podcast and all the best with your life, career and future prospects. Well, thank you, Sumitha. It was such a pleasure to talk to you today and uh, reflect on my life and share it with your listeners. I hope um, they will uh, benefit uh, from, from my story. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Thank you.